This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing. On Location, featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to Seattle, Washington, and our exclusive coverage of HempFest 2016. Good day, tokers and tokens and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here backstage at the 25th anniversary Seattle Hemp Fest. And I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Ed Fortune. The New Jersey Weed Man is here. How you doing, Ed? I'm good. I'm good, Russ. How are you? I'm, I'm glad to have you here. I've been following your exploits out there with your temple out in uh, New Jersey. Give people the rundown on what you've been doing and how the cops have been uh, busting you. <laughs> well, lately it's just been... Uh... We're going tit for tat at yeah. each other. But, um, you know, for those who don't know, about a little bit more than a year ago, I opened a restaurant and a, and a temple in downtown Trenton, New Jersey. And I thought I had hit like a gold mine and it was going to become like this nice spiritual destination place. And the first 10 months, that's how it was. I mean, there are people coming in. There's television. There was <laughs> Wall Street Journal covered it. I really felt like I had made this concept main street in new jersey well at least uh state street that's where i'm located <laughs> and you know right across the street from city hall and now all that was planned you're not hiding nothing not you're hiding up front nothing. with these guys exactly well everything was fine until february this year and then it seemed like all hell broke loose basically I had a uh i got into a pissing contest with a captain and a lieutenant on the police department where they argued that i had to close at 11 o'clock at night, both my business and my temple. And my argument was, I'm a temple. I don't have to. So there's no argument about the business. They have business hour laws yep. or something? Yep. Okay. There's, okay. A, there, there's a legitimate, and, and my business was closed, but they wanted to insist that it was all the same. No. Okay. And I'm saying, no, there's two separate entities here in this build. Actually, it's three entities in this one building. But, you know. Because they're not I, running around closing yeah. down Catholic midnight mass. Yes, and that's exactly right. what I said. <laughs> you know. And... I don't know. It just became a pissing contest. But they would show up with 21 police officers and a dog and say, it's after 11. 
<laughs> you know, like they really didn't want me selling chicken wings after eleven. <laughs> like and I, it's so funny. I even made a hashtag: no chicken wings after eleven. <laughs> so I want your listeners now go to that hashtag: yeah, no chicken, chicken wings after, after eleven. 11. <laughs> All right, love it, love it. But um, yeah, it turned into a full fledged battle. I used my camera system to videotape them, and, and you have to understand. I made an announcement to everybody that I was trying to do a reality show there. I'd installed like this big $10,000 camera system. We had all these floaters there. And we were taking, capturing video of people coming and hanging out. And right in the middle of that, the police officers started harassing us. So, of course, our cameras and our editing focused now on them. And it turned into like Trenton Police, police Department. And you know what the police did? They raided us and took all our camera system and all our hard of drives. Course. They took the show. Yeah. They stole our intellectual property. So that's part of the argument you'll see coming out soon. But the police officers aren't that smart. If you arrest somebody and you take all their shit, then all their shit becomes discovery and you're allowed to have it anyway. Right. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> but that l- it just didn't make sense the way, you know, somebody had to think this out. Yeah. What? He has a camera system, and he's recording us, and he's putting it on the internet. Let's go take it. Right. <laughs> Didn't think to step two, though. The, 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 a lawyer would have knew right away. Wow. If you take it and he fights it, it, it he's going to get it all in the discovery anyway. He's going to put it on the internet anyway. Right. You know and, what I mean? With like, extra exposure yes, because of it, the scandal. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. And that's exactly what happened that night. I can tell you the night it happened. On the 28th of February, this police officer showed up at about one o'clock in the morning and told us that we had to shut it down and like i, I said no it, it, it became a tit for tat you know it was a pissing contest and i basically was telling him but this is a church it's a temple i registered it that way I, you know and i explained it to him and he went from being a police officer when he started losing the argument he t- he just went meathead just told him <laughs> like okay here's the deal it's after 11 o'clock and Either everyone has to leave or we're coming in. Like, after he went there, I went inside and I told everyone what he said and said that, listen, I'm going to stay here, but if anybody wants to leave, like, now's the time to leave. And about 30 people left. About 15 people stayed. I was one of them. You know, after a few minutes, the police officers left. But then they came and did it again the next week. You know, like, just showed up on Saturday night and just, like, just did this. So... I filed a lawsuit against the police department that they were harassing me. Right. You know, which is funny. Then they filed in their response, in their police report, they lied. They said that they came there because of a fight, because of disturbances. Listen, the entire system is... Wait, there was a fight at the pot temple? Yeah. Right. No, this is what they said. (laughs) Right. This is what they wrote in their police report. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they seized the camera system that shows that that's not true. Right. Right. But I had, I don't know, I had, I had argued that this was, this was incredible, how, how I had proof that they were lying. Right. And they came and stole it. And, like, it's, for some reason, no one thought, I have a right to it no matter what. I think I, I, think I should give it back anyway. I don't know if they're going to file the asset forfeiture charges on me. The ironic thing about the camera system that they came and stole, guess they charged me for having it. Now, there was a law that was developed in the, in the late 1980s, early 90s in New Jersey. And it was, it was designed to stop crack houses. Okay. And, and, I'll, and I'll explain that law first. It's called, it called a fortification law. You're not allowed to fortify your house 
which which is kind of funny. These you can't are make lo- moats and armor yeah, and shit. Yeah, but these are, these are these are laws that are only enforced in urban areas. Oh, it's called it's a, called a fortification law. I'll explain why it happened, but the same exact thing happens like, like in suburban towns they call them safe houses. Right. In in an urban area, the same exact thing doing the same exact thing would be called a fortification, and you can be charged with it. Damn. And, right. And now it, it came from during the eighties and ni- early nineties. The crack houses, people would set up crack houses with a little opening, and someone would come and you just reach your hand in. You would never see who it was, and they'd pass it. And then when the police showed up trying to break the door down, it would be so barricaded inside the whole inside. They could, by the time the police would get in there, either it was flushed down the system, or the barrel of acid would be bubbling when the police officers got right. up there. Right. You know, and that was all they would get. So they made these laws about fortifying the place and all that and whatever. So that's a, that's a law in itself with a mandatory term that can't be served concurrent with whatever other charge you get hit with. Wow. Like it's meant and designed to really punish Has to be consecutive you. term. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So it's you get in the, leg- in the legislation. Well, that was in the early 90s. Everybody didn't have camera systems then, but everyone has camera systems now. That was one of the things that's in there. And... Yo, I have a business. Also, Why wouldn't so the I fortification have a law was to not have surveillance. Crack houses. Okay. Like, part okay. of the crack houses. They, it said if they were designed to, like, warn the police. Yeah. Warn you of the police coming. Right, right. Lookouts. Yeah. And, like, this here, I mean, my camera system was a security system, and it was put there for a reality show. Right. Like, what are you talking about? You're going to, like, they reach so far back, it just seems vindictive and sure. punitive for them to do this. Which is funny. I don't think any jurors going to find me guilty of that. They all have half my jurors are going to have cameras too. This has nothing even to do with weed. Right, now. right, right. They only charge me with fortification of a building. Just that charge alone. When I when I dispute that to a juror, I'm like, how many of you have cameras in your house? Yeah. <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> understand if the police raided your house now and you had drugs in there, just say you had marijuana. Your son had marijuana. Your kids had marijuana in the house. You can be found guilty of fortification of your your premises like I'm charged with. Yeah. Like it's really but really what it was was vindictive. They wanted to steal sure my is. camera system. And, and and hasn't this now gone to the point of them seizing the weed mobile? And they seized my weed This mobile. is like this is like the cops taking away the mystery machine from Scooby Doo. This ain't yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> ain't I've right. compared it to Batman. I mean Batman's, Batmobile, yeah. Batman's got a Batmobile, Weed Man had a weed mobile. And you know, can you imagine it if Batman had his Batmobile taken and crushed? It's, oh, so it's just destroyed now. They took the weed mobile and they crushed it. It's a block of steel. There was a reporter trying to get a picture of the block the other day. Yeah. The, the, uh, the place that has it wouldn't let them So how did it get to the it. point of it being destroyed, though? I mean, they don't normally do that, do they? It, no. They, it was vindictive. Yeah. They raided my, my location on April 27th. Okay. Okay. They raided it. On the 29th, I went up there, and they, and they towed three cars including the Weemobile. On the 29th, I got bailed out, and then I went to bail the cars out. And they said that they were seizing it under asset forfeiture laws. Yeah. Okay. Nothing I can do about that now, but wait and fight it out. Sure. Okay. Well, apparently, at some point, the police made a decision not to include it under the asset forfeiture laws. Okay. So the tow company now was racking up a bill and everything. And the tow company... Because no one said anything, because I didn't say anything, because they told me they were seizing it under asset forfeiture. So I didn't say anything to the tow company. I was just like, this is going to be part of the case as it proceeds through. The tow company 
after something's not claimed within a certain amount of time, gets to salvage title and it's a, it's a lean and, yeah and mechanically. and destroy yeah, yeah. And, des- and destroys things that they feel wow. that can't be sold anywhere so so the cops tell you it's I seized find that, yeah and then they don't tell you that it's no longer seized right <laughs> right so how am i supposed to know right and and it's not it, like the tow company's going to call you right and then at some point they serve me with the asset forfeiture things that they were trying to get there's a couple dollars they got like a very small amount of dollars and the and the weed mobile wasn't on wasn't on there that's what made me start inquiring. Like, all right, well, where's the oh, weed mobile yeah. now? Okay, what's going on with the weed mobile? I'm sorry, Mr. Fortune. It was scrapped and crushed last week. I was like, what? I was like, are you serious? Yo, oh. they hit me right in the stomach. Yeah. I really, like, felt bad. I mean, I, like, the weed mobile's life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like losing Pro- a pet. Yeah. It's like I remembered when it was like still just a brown van. <laughs> I remember when it got painted. I remember when it crossed the Rocky Mountains. I remember, remember crossing the Mississippi. Yes. Oh, my God. It's first it's love. Now, and now it's gone. Yeah. That's that's what happened. Damn. I felt like it died. Damn. And there are other people that feel that way, too. I mean, people have taken pictures of that thing all over the country. Sure. It became a little kind of iconic with me. It was kind of funny to some people. Like, he really drives a weed mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so, what anyway. Shame. Yeah, they so got So now it. you're fighting. I'm fighting that. Still but, you know, I'm, I'm, this, this comes down to, I, I always tell people anyway, Americans generally like a David versus Goliath story. Okay. I feel like me fighting the Goliath of government, I have my, uh, you know, I, I play the role of David to a lot of people. And in this case, them stealing my van and crushing it, it just seems wrong on all levels to so many people, sure. whether they believe that they about weed or not. So it plays into or supports my argument that I am the David fighting the big Goliath of government. I can't even stop him from smashing my, my van, yeah. you know, and... People are on my side. When when this current case ha- comes up, people are going to be fighting to be on my jurors. Most of the time, jurors come in there, and half of them are trying to get off the jury pool. And yeah. In my trial, people are going to suddenly realize, <laughs> it's the weed man trial. <laughs> and they're going to want to be there. Line they're gonna, up. Yes, they're going to want to be there. And some of them are going to make the mistake to say, I can never put him in jail. And they'll get kicked off the jury. It's the ones who really catch the concept of jury nullification, which I am. I'm publicly teaching my entire region about it again. Yep. <laughs> There's not going to be a jur- Jurors are going to totally wonder, like, what is he always talking about, jury nullification? They're going to look. When they find out that I'm on trial and the newspaper's going to be talking about it, they're Googling it. Like, everyone in my area is like, they already under- they're, they're, they're catching the concept that this dude is saying the government can't get 12. His argument is he's not wrong. The law's wrong. And calling myself weed man for so long and running for office, all that, I come in, I think it's the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. You know, and, you know, luckily I've been, I've been at it for so long. All these cub reporters 20 years ago, they're all the editors and stuff now. That's right. You know, like, I, I've been around a long time. There's, there's people who, who were reporters when I met them or producers in New York now. You know, that's how long I've been around. People's whole careers have gone right, right, you know, they've been doing their media career with the weed man's presence. (laughs) And and the the crazy radical stuff I used to say years ago is mainstream now. Yeah. You know, when I used to say, 
terrorists and black people are way crazier numbers, man. We're the victims, man. We're <laughs> like, oh my god, man. Why don't Why don't you just throw dashiki on, go in the room, and cry to himself? You know, That's, I, 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 I would like shut up, dude. You know, I I would hear virtually that. Yeah. In the nineties. Yeah. Now, all these statistics have came out. The ACLU did their report, which is really detailed. Yeah. And in fact, all these things are. Are true. Michelle Alexander's you know? book. Yeah, it's Michelle. All come out. Yeah, it's, it's all true. Um, and and you know what though, it's hard to see it in every uh, every community because it's not happening in every other every community. Like say like some of these inner city urban communities, they'll be able to tell you, hell yeah, yeah, they target here. Yeah, but somebody in some other like they, you know, there's a Boise, random Idaho. Yeah, we got no clue. Yeah, there's a random <laughs> person that gets busted for weed there, but that's because it's the law is being treated equally there. Yeah, they're just randomly checking and make come upon you it's like but in certain communities man it's a it's a war man it's, it's like a I don't know it's a it's a targeting factor and yeah, weed man. is the trigger to a whole lot of their their investigations and I always say I always say weed is the key that unlocks the fourth amendment yep you get the smell the sight bam yep. we got a, a reason to search reason to frisk all that yep. and, that's, and that's what happens man yeah. so but you know what because it's becoming so mainstream you know all walks of life all occupations, all races are, are, are disregarding the weed laws. So, in my opinion, they can't get 12. There's someone's on, there's, there's, there's no way that all these people are going to feel like, yeah, why all these people over here making millions, why these people are doing this, and yeah, he's admitting it, it's his. And he says he's sharing it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're supposed to put him in jail? You know what I mean? Like I want, I want that to be their their decision, and I don't think they can get twelve to agree with that. Yeah, I'm risking my life to do that, but I just I'm that confident that you can't get twelve people anywhere. I think you know. Well, I know I know all these legal fights cost money, and you probably need some help getting some fees and stuff. Do you have some websites or anything people can hook up? I, I always need help, but you know I don't know. I I've, I've found that to be the hardest part of all this. That I I you know. I don't want to sound like I'm crying or whining, but I've never been able to seem to get that extra help. I always end up being the one-man gang. Occasionally, lately, I've been getting local lawyers to help me. Yeah. But as far as, boy, I wish I, I could have funded some of my fights and arguments in the past. This one here, I think it's going to, you know, I'm a broke guy, but I get like a million-dollar PR campaign I can get going, you know. Yeah. I don't know why. Thanks. But the media has always covered me. I'm kind of like the Donald Trump of media. <laughs> Drag Donald. I mean, you know, Donald Trump's running the whole campaign in the news. Yeah, isn't that you know amazing? I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he hasn't run an ad yet. Yes, he doesn't do hardly nothing. You know, but see, in, in a way, I've kind of been doing that for years. You know, I made, I made a goal, like, in the late 90s, as part of my activism goals, was to get in the press once a month. Yeah. Dude, it... There's hardly a time period where I didn't, where yep. I, I wasn't successful since the 90s. I yep. mean, I have hundreds of articles, hundreds of different genres, and I called it all the same, whether it was a whether it was a uh, newspaper or, like, some radio station that had 100,000 viewers or something, yeah, yeah. listeners or something, right? As long as I can get in the media at some point. So I kind of create this weed man, but it's, it's a cause thing, you know? And the cause 20 years ago was kind of wacky or whatever. Well, the cause was legitimate, but no one talked about it. Right. Okay. But I was reviewed as wacky or a zero. And now, kind of the opposite, almost the hero. It's come around to you. Yeah, so, yeah, so that was cool. So, so, so now I feel like the, the real victim 
when they stole my weed mobile. Like they like that's what it looks like. The government stole the heroes. Yeah. Like. Bad, what a bad PR move that was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is it is it njweedman.com if people want to hit you up? Yeah, njweedman.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, same yeah. way. Yeah. Ed Fortune at Yahoo, E-D-F-O-R-C-H-I-O-N at Yahoo. If you want to find me on PayPal, I have a whole there you go. I have a defense wow. fund set up. But you can find it on, on nj.com, njweedman.com, excuse me, njweedman.com. Well, Ed, yep. have yourself a great hemp fest. I'm so glad to see you here. Sorry about the weed mobile. Yeah, man. I, I, I yeah. never got my picture in it, never got to see it, and I swore someday I'd be out in the East Coast, yep. and it just never yep. happened. Yep. Damn it. Uh, you, in fact, you just almost did. I know. We, we almost, we almost. <laughs> if it came through, you would have seen it then. Ah. <laughs> We're oh, going to well. go back out to Seattle Hemp Fest, everybody. Yep. Have yourself a great day, and stay hydrated. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.